Ladies and gentlemen and all genders outside and in between, welcome to the brand new podcast, Thirsty Work. A podcast about sex education and, well, a little bit of hedonism. With my guest this evening, Ruby True. Thirsty work. Hello there, you wonderful specimens of humankind. How are you doing, you glorious individuals? I hope you're all doing very, very well. Uh, we are here today for the first episode, first ever episode of Thirsty Work. Yes, the brand new podcast to do with sex education, a little bit of hedonism, we'll touch on all kinds of subjects. Why? Because we can, and it's kind of my thing. My guest this evening is uh, the beautiful, the amazing Ruby True. Let me bring her in. Well, there you are. Hello, Ruby. How are you doing, you beautiful individual? Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. It's I'm good. good. It's good. We only had a mild technical issue um, <laughs> <laughs> kicking things off, but we're doing all right. Um, Ruby was actually the person that uh, coerced me, coerced me into starting the podcast in the first place, you beautiful human being. Um, but before we go any further, do you, would you like to introduce yourself and tell everybody what it is that you get up to? Hello, um, my name is Ruby True. Um, right now, for the last five or so years, I have been a streamer on Twitch. Um, I kind of call it like my second life because I have a past life. My past life <laughs> is uh, is is something very, quite well, very different. Um, so now I stream ASMR, sound therapy, relaxingness. I used to stream games, and in my past life, which is still very much part of me, and I love all of it. Um, I used to be a model, sideshow performer, um, and believe it or not, like toured around the world in fetish clubs, um, and yeah. <laughs> and this is the reason why me and Ruby get on so well. We we actually met at a Twitch London event many moons ago, and I literally just walked up and was like, you look interesting, we should discuss things. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> I was <laughs> like, unfazed completely. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, okay, this is, this is peculiar, this is amazing. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about our wonderful history, we're here to talk about sex and deviance and filth wizardry. Um, because as as we have definitely discussed in many times um, across the across the entirety of life, sex education is pretty damn awful, isn't it? Right? It's yeah. I think sex education is just so mixed up, and and sex for like like teenagers and going into a young adult, it's all mixed up with so many things now. You know, with sex sells and that has put so many messages out there about sex um oh hugely so and it's it's one of those things as well like wait when you actually like break down into it you've got so many people with so many like self-consciousness issues self-conscious confidence confidence is the word i'm looking yeah. for self-confidence yeah. issues and it's like like what what is the what is the 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 founding of that because um, I've been reading a few like sex ed books recently and like one of the ones um, Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski which I've been hugely promoting recently <laughs> because it's so <laughs> good but um, like they talk about like the fact that everyone thinks babies are beautiful like ba like when you when you see a child like an infant child you're just like oh bless your cotton socks but between like the age of three when when children gain some description of self-awareness and the age of like um, I don't know 14 when they start sort of becoming a bit more interested in in other people other than themselves they like they, there's so much that society drills into them about how they are not good enough and mm -hmm. that's that's exactly what you were saying about like sex cells and stuff it's like strange not, yeah not only how they're not good enough but how they're perceived as a human being yeah so from a female point of view i knew very early on that i was perceived as sexual oh and i was also like so so when when was that like like what age are we talking we're talking primary school oh really so it was that that early? yeah and i think especially for women like most girls you're aware that your period's coming soon and you're aware of what that is and your body and i think 
not to dig dig on guys, but I think that that's why women are a little bit ahead when it comes to sexual maturity because we're so very quickly thrown into this idea of you have sex, you have a baby, <laughs> you know, you're going to have periods. If you have sex, you're going to have a baby. And this whole scary, like, yeah, this, it's, this thought. Of... It's super interesting as well, especially for, for a cis guy like myself. Like, being in a situation, because I found out about periods when I was, like, I don't know, 14, 15 maybe. And I just assumed that, that like, cis men, cis women, to, or to people with vulvas and people with penises, like, grew at the same rate. So the times that I was, like, getting my first erections at, like, 13 or whatever it was, 12, 13, I was just like, oh, well, now is the time that everyone with a vulva is obviously having their first period. But then, like, growing older, I realised that some some people get it at, like, like eight years old or something yeah. like that. It's it's Which is it can... why I was really aware because being in, in school, some girls had already started. Yeah. And so they would then talk to the other girls and we would know about it. And um so like my first sex education, I would say came from a girls magazine. I'm gonna show my age here now, called Sugar. <laughs> okay, okay. There was this girls magazine called Sugar and it was actually really good. And do you know what the sad thing is? I now think that people wouldn't allow that magazine to my to that age group because it's too much. But for me, it was at the right time. It was like, my body is changing. Why is my body changing? Why are other girls having these periods and they're talking about it to me? But there was no like education until like I like you say until you're about 13 14 it's not until you get a pamphlet thrown at you and you're like this is sex be safe well, <laughs> like... this, is, this is the thing like I, I actually consider myself really lucky because my parents took me aside in fact probably about the same time about the same time that I got my first erection and I've I've talked about this quite a few times so I have absolutely no shame as well you uh, as well you know but it's like like my first erection freaked me out I can only imagine what it must be like when for for people with vulvas who who bleed and it's just like what that must be like if you're not prepared for it and you're not ready for it no one's told you that that's coming and suddenly you just start bleeding but i it freaked me out i remember running into my parents like bedroom and being like what's it doing and try desperately trying to push it down and like just like trying i was like why is it doing this i don't understand and my parents are pissing themselves just absolutely in in completely understandable they didn't know what was happening like they were just like look look valen if you leave it alone if you leave it alone it'll go stop touching it stop playing it'll with go it away. it'll go away it'll go away it's just, literally... just it's literally got its own brain. It really <laughs> does. It freaked me out. It was so weird. Like, having that level of of just unknownness to it, um, of, of what the hell it was. And then, then my, my parents took me and my, my younger sister aside and were like, okay, let's have a discussion about these things. Very, like, my I was raised Catholic, so a lot of it was very much, okay, when a man and a woman love each other yeah. very much. Now, my parents are really open-minded and, like, neuromantics anyway. Um, so they never were, like, too forceful with it. But I think that my parents, especially my mother, was, I don't know, conscious of making us embarrassed of, of that, of that sex, idea. Of the yeah. idea, yeah. I think that's, I guess, so with, you're comparing an erection to, like, a period. And for women or people that have wombs and bleed. It's for me right then that was not related to sex. Okay. That the thought of, I was aware that that's what it meant that if I had sex, I could have a baby. But for me, that was not related to sex. I didn't really um, start to feel like oh, actually, I'm attracted to boys and I find this, like, you know, this whole, you know, the sexual urge, the, yeah. the feelings, until, like, a few years later. Um, and and you... I remember, sorry, I was going to say, I remember no, when, I, when I first, like, was in primary school and people were, like, maybe getting their periods and stuff, um, my parents bought me this book called The Body Book. 
does anyone remember the body book? It would literally talk about farts and everything your body did, like in such a ridiculous, no. comical way. Oh, I used to take this to school along with Sugar Magazine. That I was, was like, classic. I was like the dealer <laughs> on the playground of the random <laughs> magazines and deviant things, which were not even deviant. They were just factual. And I remember hiding in the milk shed with a sugar magazine, which was talking about, um, literally, I remember it had a picture of like what it would be like when a guy would in, would insert himself and it would, uh -huh. it would say like, it's all going to be fine. Like you're, you're going to stretch and don't let someone tell you this. Like, don't let someone tell you that. Like it was good. And it was aimed at a very early teen magazine. And I guess I was lucky in the fact my parents were just like, yeah, you can have this magazine. Like they would look at it. I'd leave it's it around. interesting Cause you, you say about like how you, they probably never get away with it in this day and age, but then you've got like TV shows like sex education and big mouth and, and stuff. And mm. like big mouth is very much based around um like i haven't seen too many of the episodes but it does seem it's like oh family guy style um cartoons it's designed for the younger ages and it's like oh by the way this is puberty and uh all the things that'll fuck you up doing that you know yeah i think i've watched big mouth um i wish yeah i think things have come along really far and things haven't at the same time mm -hmm. do you think right that's something to do with like the social evolution of like social media, like one as much as social media has got a whole load of negative things about it. It has allowed people like the, the social evolution of like gender, not saying that obviously that the other genders like non-binary and uh, a, a gender and stuff like that didn't exist before, but they were just less known about and there wasn't necessarily terminology for them before. Mm. But like, do you think this revolution of understanding ourselves as humans and the fact that, that it's so easy to find that you're not alone because the internet has allowed so yeah. much more? But yeah, we didn't have that growing up. The whole, uh, I'm going to put it in inverted commas because I just hate the word, the whole wokeness thing. Oh. It's, yeah, yeah it's... <sighs> There's, there's very much two camps and it, it, I don't want to go into politics, but no. it runs very deeply into politics and core beliefs. And I'm hoping that as, you know, the millennials are the new parents of the new generation, you know, that soon things will grow and change, but you only, you only know what you're told, you know? So if you're yeah. brought up being told something's wrong, or something's weird or, you know, you, you're only going to grow up with that. But I'm hoping that, yeah, there's, there's a very divided, um, camp of, of people, um, gets very complicated, like classic, politics, classic. politics, religion, like yeah. people, you think like sex is just like opens so many like doors and questions. And I, especially when it comes to sex education, I saw a YouTuber who makes like family safe sex education okay just her talking up to the camera she's a doctor um I think I know very very factual um she was amazed to find um that some teachers had found her videos really useful because she explained things really well yeah and that parents had complained and were getting, trying to get get her banned from schools um and she's had like uh, she's been like had complaints from parents and things and it's like what what are you hiding at the end of the day you as parents had sex to yeah. make a child and whatever trauma you've had don't push that onto your kids <laughs> like yeah. let them 100%. grow up in a healthy way and learn all the things like rather learn it from mum and dad like my parents were very chill i hope they're not watching but <laughs> my parents were always very chill when i was like younger about the whole thing you know as i grew up i never felt embarrassed about anything and yeah. my embarrassment from sex actually came from relationships and what other people 
put on. You see, to this you. is that that's really interesting dynamic because my the reason why I became such a deviant, <laughs> such a colossal deviant, is because I was such a nervous young teen, and I remember being like, I remember because I'd have the conversation with my parents about like what sex was. And the fact that it was there to make babies, but it was also a relationship thing. Um, and I was like, okay, this is really, really interesting. But then I was like, oh, I'm never going to get with anybody anyway. And then I was like, well, on the off chance that I do get with somebody, I need to know all the things about pleasure. I need to know everything in order to make sure that when they are with me, they fully understand that I am, I am the one for them, which is hilarious in hindsight. But that's, that's amazing, though, because... I don't think many young men think like that. They just think on their side of <laughs> of things. They yeah, don't think yeah. about the giving side. There was of, definitely of there was definitely a a pressure growing up as a cis man in like especially like during the nineties where it was like oh you gay you gay you gay and people went <laughs> like at a point where people were turning around and being like. And what is your? How is this offensive? Like I don't understand. They, like gay people are f fantastic. What is your issue? Um, but yeah, it was it was that that whole thing. Like if you hadn't like touched touched a girl's private parts by a certain age, then you were falling behind. And there was always the thing about dick size. Jesus Christ! Like it's. I laugh, but it's actually really sad. Like. I laugh, but I've I've seen it in like my ex doesn't watch Twitch, but it actually affected him just, mentally. Just the I could self consciousness. Tell. Yeah, like to the point that he actually bought some of the crap off of those adverts, and I found it hidden. Well, like pumps and pills and stuff. Yes. Oh wow, um, friends... like one of those stretching things. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a whole load of them, and I'm not going to turn around and say they work or don't work. I've not looked into them myself, but I I've don't seen know ones, the science. But the the that, science yeah. is is skeptical at best from what I have uh, from the little I have researched. But there's like there's like elastic that you tie around it and then tie it to you at the bottom of your knee, so it pulls every time you walk. And there's there's like <laughs> full on like pumps and stuff. It's weird they get they get really inventive so have you ever see a guy walking down the road yeah <laughs> looking just... like his dick's attached to his knee <laughs> maybe maybe that's the reason why you get those people are just constantly rearranging themselves in the, <laughs> down the thing. you're just like oh okay hold on you're just uh playing the little banjo down there is what's going what's going on here but, but it's 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 really quite sad like yeah a lot, i think a lot of people don't think about how all these things affect guys and i think a lot of women are very quick to be like oh porn's like i'm jumping ahead here but like porn's just okay. made for for men and all of this and like it's all just made for men women are made to be objects for men everything's about men's pleasure blah 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 but men are fed the uh, this other side that if they're not big enough or they're not like they're you've not good enough. You've got to be manly then. enough. You've got to do the yeah, workouts. Yeah, manly enough. Like yeah, you've got it's... to look a certain way to be sexy. And it's like, we're both not winning in these situations because at the end of the day, are you actually having good sex? <laughs> like... And this is the thing. This is the real thing. Like, like I remember going on um, a show on Twitch, many like when I first started um, streaming many many moons ago and i went on this show and one of the first questions they always asked you was what's your body count and i was like well i don't know i don't i don't count i don't like that they're, they're not numbers they're not notches on a bedpost and they never really have been to me mainly because when i was younger i was like lucky to have a kiss never mind anything else good lord could you imagine um but yeah it was like what's your body count and i was like realistically speaking i would much rather be remembered than have a big body count it quality yeah. over quantity and and like people are like oh yeah I've, I've slept with 50 60 70 girls i'm like how many of them remember you and most of the point, say, how many of them remember you fondly yeah like yeah you've like, you've yeah done a lot that, of things that number means absolutely nothing whether you've slept with one person or like a hundred people yeah you could have had a hundred bad 
sexes. What's the word? A <laughs> hundred bad sexes. A hundred bad. I was going to say shags, but then I'm like, not in the 70s. I mean, shags or, works. You know, Coital engagements. Or you could have been with someone, one person, many times, and each time you spent a long time in having a nice time. But that's the thing. That's the thing that's, that's so mind blowing to me is the fact that everybody is different. Like literally, every single human form is different. What what works for some people doesn't work for others. And as somebody who is very enthusiastic about like exploring bodies and stuff, to the point where people have criticised me and been like. You don't want to sleep with me. I'm like, no, I do. I'm just so intrigued by what, what makes you tick. What is it that's going to, mm, what, what's going to hit that point where you're just like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is it. This is where it's at. Um, like, yeah, like it, it's, there's so many different things that make different people tick. And I am all about finding all of them because there's so, like it is. And, and yeah. obviously then when you find like the world of fetish as, as a, as you grow older, you're like, oh my god, there's even more things that make it's not just a case of these are sensitive areas and these work. There's like people with tickle fetishes and people with Hawaiian shirt fetishes and, and god knows what. <laughs> it's just like amazing. It's such an amazing yeah. world that, that and, and people are just like, oh, yeah, I have I've slept with two hundred people. Oh, okay, that's that's great. Like like if they if they all enjoyed it and it was all great and fun and dandy, there's nothing wrong with that by any stretch of the imagination. But that doesn't make you any better than this person that slept with one person. But what makes someone good at sex? Like you could sleep with one person and they could say you're bad and then you could sleep with another person and they could say you're good. And yeah. it's just that compatibility and that, um, like this is where um, I was thinking about it earlier in the shower. <laughs> this is where sex gets mixed up like, there is just sex, like over here. Sex, yes. big neon signs. Sex, sex, penetration. Okay, well, we, we PIV, PIV, which is penis like in what vagina. Yes, most people think of the most mm -hmm. normal. I'm going to say vanilla people. Yes, and then there's like over here. There's like sensuality and all of those things that come along, like even fetish can be sensual, even when like people think, oh, like if someone's got a fetish and it's a bit hardcore, they, there's still sensuality in that and care and like consideration and all of those things that make good relationships and good experiences. And I think a lot of people miss that, um, especially um online so this is like what led me to this thought while i was in the shower i had a sponsor from a um, sex toy company and they sent me a box of sex toys um which was amazing mm -hmm. a box of free sex toys and i got paid um so i did a couple of live instagrams and um there was lots of women in there and i was chatting to women and we were chatting about what we liked about things and then there were like every now and then uh, horny guy one, two, three would turn up and be like, um, I don't believe in sex toys because, you know, they're just going to take over or another horny guy would turn up and be like, oh, baby, use that for me. Are you going to use that for me now? And it's and, and the entitlement. <laughs> wow. It's it is that it's that difference, though, of you're entering a space and you're completely misreading the room that like we were having a nice conversation and mm -hmm. there were guys in there that were like this is a really interesting conversation because i've never heard women talk about sex and pleasure yeah and he's he this one guy was like i'm going to use your code and go buy my mice and toys i'm really excited for her That's and amazing. and there were just two types of men and it really struck out to me and it, it's it's that two types of sex Again, you know, that, that thought of pleasure and sensuality and owning your pleasure, especially as a woman, and then the just bish bash bosh. It's, it, you know, what, bringing it into the sex toys <laughs> side of things. Yeah, it, it, you're right. There is the, the two campaigns of, of pleasure and sensuality versus conquests, I suppose, is probably the best way of yeah, putting it. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. yeah. 
Like that that's the way they see it. It's like, oh, well, I've conquested these people. Have you really? How, is, is that a thing? Anyway, the, the sex toy side of things is really interesting, though, because I definitely had an ex nearly 10 years ago now who um, we, we didn't have many arguments. One of the arguments we did have was about the fact that she believed that I didn't want to have sex with her because I was so infatuated with causing pleasure with sex toys. Which is a really bizarre dynamic when I think back on it. And and the reason why, I know exactly the reason why, because I was, what, 21 at the time, and I still had these bugbears in my mind of the idea that, that people with penises just weren't... they Because like, it takes so much more for somebody with a vulva to climax than it does somebody with a penis. Um, and because of that, because of that entire dynamic in my brain, um, I was like, and, and the fact that I thought that sex was all about the climax. I didn't think it was anything. It was just like, you have sex to have this climax and that is it. Um, like I was like, I need to make sure that she has the climax. Like I've had the climax or I'm about to have the climax. I need to make sure that that is going to happen so that we're on equal terms almost. Mm -hmm. But as a result of that, because I didn't think I could do it myself, I was like, I'll use all of these sex toys. And I tell you what, friends, sex toys is a very expensive hobby. But <laughs> It's <laughs> I... the equivalent of, hang on, I was going to say, is it the equivalent of uh, someone starting out stream and that they're going to get big because they're going to buy all of the equipment? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I've, I've got, got the a... best mic. I've got the best camera. I've got the best PC. Like, why is nobody watching me? Yeah, I've got a ten thousand pound rig, and yet I don't understand. Uh, it's, the, yeah. it's the same thing. You're compensating yeah. for like everything with with sex toys. Yeah, and, and that was that was the thing. That was one of the the downfalls of. I mean, one of the downfalls was just lack of communication in general. But like, one of the downfalls of the the relationship was definitely down to the fact that that I was so infatuated with pleasure on so many levels and because of that i would i basically like end up treating her like a like like a test subject i suppose even though i was completely in love with her even though i was completely infatuated mm. with her, and all i wanted to do was was make her have ecstasy ecstatic moments like, all I really wanted, like, there was points where I was just, like, sat upright and I was just doing things, playing her like a <laughs> piano, just, like, just Forgetting going all right. The, the connection part. Yeah. Just being oh, like, yeah. you will orgasm. Yeah, missing yeah. the entire intimacy <laughs> and just being like, okay, now is the time that you will orgasm. Let's go. <laughs> just fucking <laughs> hell. What is, what is wrong with me? But, um, and it's good because like that experience obviously taught me something, I've moved on, and, and these things do, do you know what I mean? R regardless of how good or bad an experience is, you, you move forward. Mm. And... I think one of the main things that's always been a surprise to most, like, men that I've said, I don't know if it's just me, I think it's a lot of, um, women, I can only speak for, for women, mm -hmm. but we don't always have to reach the climax to no. have a good time. No. And I think that's like a really hard thing for a lot of, because we both work, our bodies work so differently. Yeah. That it's, it's such a, um, an alien thing for a lot of cis men to understand. It, you see, you say it is. However, it turns out in my investigations, um, it turns out that, the, so the, there's a difference between like a penis arriving and um, a penis, somebody with a penis orgasming. So like it actually happens either slightly before or slightly after. But that is the reason why it is entirely possible for somebody to have run out of like semen production, but still hit those orgasm or orgasmic moments. And it's also possible to completely finish and not have that release at all and i've i'm i've definitely one of those people that have done it where i have had sex and just completely missed like d just just done it and it's like okay there's the end and i am still very tense <laughs> so is that another one of those um things that we're all fed that like you must like the, how we were talking about earlier how guys think they they need to be big 
to be, you know, masculine and yeah. good at it. It's like another one of those things that we're all kind of fed that, yeah. It's, hey, and it's, I'm, I'm it, learning. It's, well, this is the thing. And this is, this is one of the reasons why I was so enthusiastic about doing this podcast and stuff is because it gives me a reason. It gives me an excuse to dig deeper on these things. But the other thing is like, I'd say one of the big things and naturally I can't fully, like I can't speak for everybody. Um, but there is a big thing, especially with cis men. And it comes into that whole toxic masculinity stuff that we were talking about where if there is an issue you do not talk about it mm. you do not talk about it like you you very you are more ashamed of buying viagra than you will be of a porn magazine like there's that that kind of and and like um oh, impotence yeah. is, a, is a big thing and there's and the thing is that like i remember the first time that like i was with somebody and we were very very eager and i just couldn't couldn't perform by any stretch of imagination and i remember the shame around it the absolute shame and the fact of the matter is that my brain was well up for it my, my body was just like now now is not the time mr v now is the time for just chilling out and stuff why are you why are you doing no stop this no uh, no stop this what is wrong with you and i think on the flip side as a woman the equivalent to that would be the the faking it thing the yes. whole yes you you might tell your friends your girlfriends like oh like i don't know it was like you, you fake it to make them feel good yeah um, and and i i definitely have a friend who who had and just a to make it like end <laughs> that sounds terrible it does sound terrible but it's true it's true just to Let's... make it end and it feeds into like the guy's ego and but then as a woman you would never ever talk about pleasure for yourself and be proud of it like yeah up until the last few years like i think that's something that the the younger generation are doing quite well like I've seen a lot of tweets and, and things, you know, people in their 20s, early 20s, just being like, I just bought this vibrator and it's the best, ladies. You should all buy it. Like, I couldn't imagine being in my, like, being like 19, 20 and saying that would be the bizarrest, like, I, it, it's, it's, it's something really... you'd hide in a sock drawer and, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know. and, but this, this, this shame is really interesting. Oh, I say really interesting. I'm very interested in a lot of things, as you might have been able to guess. Because <laughs> I remember, like, I, well, I remember growing up and stuff, and it was always in my mind that, that sex toys were for cis women. That, mm -hmm. that is it. There was nobody else. Nobody ever used them for anything else. It was just cis women. Here is a rampant rabbit and and that's, onwards. That's the first one I ever got was a rampant rabbit. It was the only and one I that everyone knew. Sat there with this thing looking at it like it would just like spin and do things at me and I would look at it and be like, is that meant to be sexy? I'm so glad that it's become more um common and more open and they're like nice and sleek and beautiful now and rechargeable and like pretty and you know in certain places like the shops that sell them look like apple shops yeah <laughs> like, they're just like beautiful things like sitting there um but yeah years ago like the cd the cd shops of of, you know, Ann Summers would be like the place that you'd go that, that would feel slightly place. like safe. Um, yeah. But then I'd go in like other, like I was the kind of person that as soon as I was 18, I was like, wee, I'm going in those doors. I'm going to look what's in those places and see what's in there. This is an experience. Like, I definitely and I just snuck went... in before that and got kicked out a couple of times. And it was <laughs> like, um, have we got any ID? And I'm like, yeah, of course I do. It's fine. I still, I still like, TwitchCon was in Berlin a couple of years ago and I went in like every shop. <laughs> it was yes. there's still yes. some of those shops are stuck in like the 90s. They're hilarious. Like they, they felt really vintage <laughs> and some of the things you can buy. But you know what? If it's making someone else happy and they're enjoying it, like and it's completely harmless, 
Yeah, but but this is the this is the thing. Like like I was saying about like you're right. It's complete. It's all about the enjoyment. It's all about the um, and and that's the reason why sex toys were invented at the end of the day. Oh, more to the point, have been propagated. They were invented for hysteria. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a a whole other conversation. That's an entirely different conversation. Um, but, but yeah, I've, but I've I cured my depression. Yeah, yay! <laughs> Orgasms for the win. Um, but it's it's really interesting because like I remember getting my first like sex toy for a penis. It was and and because there was loads of like little fleshlights, little fanny in a cans as um as I always called them because they were ridiculous. There was just like a pot and and like a hole that you could do stuff with and I was just like, What is this? Have um, you seen the ones in Japan? Sorry, I'm going off that's, topic. That's where I've. That's what I've got. I've got a, a Tenga, <laughs> which is like super high tech, and and I remember buying it and being like, I shouldn't own this. This is this is not something that people have because there is that there is that propagation of of understanding again back down to the the toxic masculinity that and I think I've I've actually said this to you before actually Ruby. It's like cis women are expected to not put out so not to have sex with whoever they want to have sex with obviously consensually and stuff but are expected to have loads of sex toys and pleasure themselves with sex toys and cis men are expected to never need a sex toy for pleasure because they're obviously drowning in insert variety of lewd words in, here in women <laughs> yes and but it's just like what why, why? I saw someone tweet this once, and it was like, "Men are so confused. They want their they want their wife to be a virgin, but they they want her to be experienced. But yet they also want to have slept with like a hundred people before they get married. And they're like, where do we like where do we exist? Like where yeah. are we, where do we fit in in 100%. in this masculine ideal world of sex? Which brings us back to the beginning of um, sex cells and mostly the female form has been used as the sex selling like proponent which i i actually have no issue with except for like years ago when it used to be like attached to something that was totally non-sexual <laughs> like you know perfume yeah. can be sexy clothes can be sexy your car why do you need a woman on it like the like, caramel like, Cadbury's caramel bunny why are you here yeah it's like the yeah using that female thing just as a a prop like being seen as like an object which brings comes back to the fact that you know we can't be in control of our own pleasure and you know the idea to be proud of our pleasure and it's like no you must be the sexy object but you know what it's even worse than that and this is this is where it gets really bizarre and something that i've only relatively found out recently is that um people so there was a big thing a little while ago where um there was cis men complaining it was like oh there's loads of stuff out there for for women in movies and bits and pieces look at this person he's topless look at this person he's ripped with muscles look at this person he's he's bench pressing stuff and then it, like there was loads of women just going that's not for us that's for you. Oh yeah, they're for you. Yeah. We're interested in hands and collarbones and jawlines and stuff. Oh, like, like my first crushes were like totally like femme boy types. Yeah. Like what guys don't think is attractive, like Brian Mulco. Yeah. And like, put a guy in a skirt and some eyeliner. That was my entire I... teenage years. I was just like, I want to be that androgynous goth boy. That is what. I yeah, like. like, you know that that's that's what I found attractive. Do you know what? What I find attractive is men that are free to be themselves, and I think that's where it gets it just gets lost so much, and I. It kind of it really hurts my heart because it's the equivalent of um, women feeling like they have to be skinny and but also have big boobs and also be tall but not too tall and not don't be taller than a man 
Um, you can't wear heels if you're a tall woman because you'll be taller than a man. And, you know, you've got to have the right voice. Don't be too masculine. Don't be too too feminine because then you're ditzy. You've got to come across as smart, but it's the equivalent. And we've done it to each other. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and do you know what? Do you know what? Like, like take, take all of that confusion um, that happens with, like, the binary genders and then add in... Mm-hmm. Then, then add in like being transgender, be and and like all of the all of the sexualities, all of the um like all the different genders. Just how confusing is it going to be for like? I mean, I'm a cis guy. You're a cis woman, and like how confusing is it going to be for those people? I that... can't even imagine. Yeah, like I can't imagine. First of all, you you well. I imagine you know who you are, but society is probably what makes it the most complicated thing ever. Because just as a cis woman, I don't know who I am sometimes, you know, yeah. and and I can't imagine having having that on top. It's, having that, um, that added dysphoria uh, and, yeah. and confusion of just being like something's wrong, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, who I saw a tweet the other day from someone. Um, it was a very confusing tweet. They were, uh, trans woman. Okay. But in high school, they knew they weren't gay, but they wanted to be with guys. Okay. But they made themselves date women because they wanted to appear straight. How confusing is that? Imagine living like that. Good lord, that is mind blowing. Like, so they're like, like I'm literally not, being like, I'm like, not gay, but I'm attracted to men, and the reason I'm why is because they're a trans she, woman. She was, yeah, she was a straight trans woman. Yeah, that's yeah. I had and to then, read that tweet like four or five times, and I was like, so she was, she's a, she's. Straight trans woman yeah. that was trying to not be gay. <laughs> As and just, it, yeah. just, I mean that that is like add, add like have that that level of confusing, which is a confusing sentence. Never mind anything else, and then add the the societal pressures onto it of, of on top of being a man. Yeah, you know, you've and, got and, to do this. You've got to do that, and and it's amazing. And like you see so many especially lots of um or, or person from from personal experience i know a lot of trans women that have come from like uh, the army because they went to the army to try and reject themselves go and be the macho person and then you realize that they're not and that's it's- okay and it's 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 such a it's so inspiring as well like to to see somebody go through that and that realization and and like i remember seeing um a a friend of mine on uh twitter an amazing trans man and just seeing the absolute ecstasy on his face um when he'd got his breast removed and just like literally just a video of him topless and i've seen tiktoks like that just and i've just cried with them on tiktok And how, like, I, I retweeted it immediately. I was like, how dare people try and take this level of joy away from people? How dare yeah. they? This is, this I'm is pure. S- yeah, I'm so glad we're living in a, a it's better than it was. It's getting, it's, it's on the way to the, the right path. It's on yeah, the way to it's, the right path. I'm going to look at the positives. It's better than it was. Yes. Um, I can't, I've never lived that. No. So I can't. I can't speak for something I've never lived, but you know, it, it's, there's probably a lot of things that I don't know and I can't, I can't talk about it, but it's getting, it's better. It's better than it was from my point of view that, yeah. that it's, it's a lot more. Um, I, it, I think it very much depends. Like I, people, like we say, religion, where you come from, yeah. what country you're in. Mm-hmm. And um, also, and also, like, and and that's a confusing thing, is it in itself? Because, like, I remember, like I said, was raised Catholic, and I remember a conversation with my mother actually, where I had, she'd found my porn stash, 
which is hilarious in and of itself because it was like cuttings from magazines that I'd found in bushes that I'd stuck to bits of paper. How did we all find porn in bushes? Because was... I did on the way home from school yeah. once as well. Yeah. And you know what? There's, <laughs> the, I, I can't lie. There's cert there's a certain amount of romance in that that I look back at and I'm just like, oh, no one's ever going to know that now because it's so freely available. Like, then they're, they're not going to find that that little glimmer of treasure. The closest thing I felt <laughs> to being a pirate was finding a porn magazine in a bush. Uh, like... <laughs> honestly i'd find it on the way home and i'd find it almost like offensive i went to an all-girls school yeah and i was like who put this in the bushes outside an all-girls school on the way home confound them <laughs> confound them <laughs> that's it oh you're, you're there going this is disgusting and just looking oh no <laughs> turning the page well the girls would pretend not to be interested of course, they most other girls would print like boys would be like waha boobs because there's a boys' school around the corner, and they'd be like they would pick it up and look at it. Yeah. Whereas girls would be like, oh, it's disgusting, and pretend like not like they to weren't be interested. Intrigued. Yeah. Because that's kind of how we were supposed to be, I guess. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I can get that. Like, like you've just got like the the cis the toxic cis boy who is. Um, super into porn whether they like it or not um and and like and i think that's that's definitely something that warped my view of cis women when i was growing up and by warped i mean in favor of like i used to idolize women because i just saw them as aloof creatures some elegant elven elven maidens who i was like oh i am not worthy of being near Aww. you because you are so aloof and i am so attracted to boobs like it was just like that's so lovely though like i don't feel i don't know i can't speak for guys i just don't feel like that's most men's experience but, probably not but i think that that's like down to a, a very much a self-confidence <laughs> thing of, of younger val and vain but it was it was an interesting one to to like see and it definitely was toxic in its own way because mm. when i got with people when i got with like i finally got a girlfriend say um this was long before i even considered the idea of being with anybody other than women um like i would put them on a pedestal i'd be like you are divine you cannot do anything wrong this is oh my lord the the, the angels weep on the te the floor that you walk upon and that was toxic in itself because it just meant that they could I would see them at a certain level and because of them and all of the stuff we've talked about, the way that society put, puts cis women down and, and like says you'll never be good enough and stuff like that, they'd look at my expectations of them and say, oh, I can never be that, even though I they were already hitting that. Yeah. It was, it, and, and that is the reason why I'm, I always say like yeah. never put anybody on a pedestal meet people on an equal footing because if you put somebody on a pedestal they will never see themselves the way that you see them i can yeah i can relate to that like i spent a lot a lot of time in past relationships not feeling good enough um and and what they wanted but then at the same time like you could you could yeah it does come around full circle i'd probably blame it on porn because I would then look at that and see this imagery of something that I would never be able to like live up to. But that's that's really? the the and it, it's such a weird thing because because of the fact that porn is taboo and it's stuff that people don't like to talk about and stuff like that. If people just openly talked about it, people would look at yeah. it and be like, "This is like a Marvel movie." Like nobody looks at a Marvel movie and goes, "Well, that's like my day to day life." Like it's the same with porn. Like no, like you shouldn't look at porn and be like, "That's exactly what sex is like." Because it's I, not at all. Every now and then, if like I do happen to watch some porn, I look at it now and <laughs> I must be getting old. I'm like, that's uncomfortable. That counter must be cold. Yeah. Well, what, that, why would you sit like that? Like, no. And it's hilarious no, because having no, met... It's having, not sexy. <laughs> yeah. Having met loads of porn stars now and like knowing porn actors oh, and yeah. cam girls and stuff, um, they're just yeah. like, yeah, this is really uncomfortable. This one, <laughs> oh, jeez, I pulled a muscle in my leg and I'm just like... 
what? <laughs> like this is why? Well, it's aesthetically beautiful for the camera yeah. angle. It looks really pleasurable, and I'm like, yeah. It also like from an analytical point of view, looks like there's a variety of pelvises smashing together that are probably is not comfortable for anybody <laughs> Just involved. Really uncomfortable. Yeah, like the cold surface, work surface of a kitchen, and like all these components i get really irritated by it i'm just like just take her clothes off properly come on yeah i like, did amusingly, take your time <laughs> i did i did have um a friend of mine who i, I won't say who they are um but they were they're a, a porn actor and they said that they they'd finally got to it they knew when they made it because they finally got to a point where they demanded that hairdryers be put on the countertops so they'd spray the hairdryer on the countertop to warm it, warm it up, up before a scene. I was like, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. Like that, that's a level of, of just, that, yeah, beauty. Yeah, I don't absolute blame beauty. them. Yeah, okay. I mean, you would, wouldn't you? It's just like, this is something that I've got to do. Come on now. Like, let's make it at least comfortable, you know? <laughs> I really don't blame them but yeah it just comes full circle we do so much of this to ourselves and I think by podcasts like this which is like communicating openly talking starts discussion and um in a really healthy way like no one is better than anyone and everyone's experience is going to be different and I can only speak from my experience and you can only speak yeah, from yours true. and you're going to have many more guests which um, I'm excited to listen to other people's experiences, you know, yeah. and and learn from them so that I can guide myself through the world, having a little bit more understanding of people that are not like me, which is what the world needs. Oh, 100%, 100%. And there's one of the things that I'm most excited about in regards to doing this entire podcast and stuff. I'm really looking forward to seeing where where it goes i've definitely booked in a few amazing guests um and yeah we'll just see see how it all goes and do you know what that's actually a brilliant way to round up the episode absolutely round up the episode um so yeah thank you very much i'll throw out some thank yous first um because i don't want to i don't want to miss them first of all massive thank you to kate sway who did the uh opening graphic for the podcast um to alexander devonport who's done all of the video backgrounds for the uh, the podcast itself as well and to Mountain Goat, who um, wrote the theme tune. A massive thank you to my absolutely beautiful guest, the beautiful Ruby True. Ruby, tell them where you could, where they can find you, please. Uh, you can find me um, on Twitch at Ruby True, Instagram, Ruby underscore True, uh, Twitter, Ruby underscore True. Just search Ruby True around. Um, I'm not the hotel. There's a no. hotel called Ruby True. There's a <laughs> okay. I wish that had come up earlier. <laughs> All right, laugh with that one. Oh my lordy, fantastic! Well, I'm sure I will try and get you back on the uh, podcast at some stage, Ruby, because it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, as always. And of all no of the things that I was planning on talking about today, we I think we've got through like three of them, which is amazing. Because always, always over prepared. You know what I mean? Yeah.